Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. We are going to Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16, it's toward the top right. And I'm going to read it once, and then I'm going to get you to read it with me. It says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Now, I'm going to stop at that word richly. Don't y'all, does anybody here like chocolate? Does anybody agree with me that the richer, the better, right? You can't eat it all the time. And I know I just mentioned it during a fast, and I'm sorry. It's not as bad as mentioning Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. I won't do you that way. Uh, Here we are. Let's read this together. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Now let's stop there. That is a powerful statement. Amen. Say it one more time with me. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. All right, close the Bible. Say it one more time with me. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Give yourselves a hand, everybody. Y'all memorized a little scripture this morning. Go ahead and you can be seated. You can be seated. I do want to mention that today is day 14 of 21 days of prayer, and it's been such a wonderful time of of coming together in prayer. And, And thank you all so much for joining online as well. We are so grateful. We actually have more people from all around the, all around the country joining us uh, than we've ever had before. It's been a wonderful time and praying over the prayer request and having communion together. And it's been just a great way to start your day. So I want to challenge you. So there's a few days left. Today's day 14. So a little math. There's, there's six more that we're going to meet together. And I just want to encourage you, do your very best to be here at 6 a.m. at least one time. You will not regret it. It is such a powerful way to start your day. Such a powerful way. So I want to share with you guys, you guys may have noticed I got a cup of water here and it's very hot. So I'm going to be careful. I'm not going to do what pastor did the other week and spill it. I promise. (laughs) But do we got any tea drinkers in the house? Any tea drinkers? Not sweet tea. Okay. I know it's Georgia. (laughs) Not sweet tea. All right. Hot tea though. You got to be smarter than the bag, Chris. There we go. So, you know, you, you notice that right now we just have a cup of hot water and I got a tea bag. But what I've noticed though is, is we've been in this series, the Holy Bible. It feels like every time I open God's word or every time I take some kind of next step in faith, it's kind of like taking a dip, right? Like it's like going in and, and uh, well, that's hot. Let's hold it from the handle. <laughs> So, but, but think about it. Like every time I go to God in prayer, it's like taking a dip. Every time I open my Bible, it's like taking a dip. 21 days of prayer is another dip. And as you can see, this thing that was uh, fresh and clean and new, it's being transformed. And I'll come back to that in a little while. But we started off our series, Pastor Jeff started it off. And uh, listen, I just wanna tell you, if you've missed a single one of the first two messages, go back and watch those online. We've been talking through the Holy Bible, and the first week, we learned to learn it, love it, live it. We learned to learn it, love it, and live it. And the second week, just last Sunday, we talked about why we can trust the Bible, why we can trust the Bible. And 
I got to be honest with you, there's only two things in this world that I consider myself good at. So y'all were supposed to be a little more surprised. <laughs> there's only two things in this world that I consider my, myself good at, and that's math and studying the word. Those are two things that I feel like I've been gifted at. So I am so, so excited to share with you today. I want to start off by saying this. Um, there's an there's a artist out there. I don't know if you'd call her contemporary Christian or gospel. I just, I call it, if it's about Jesus, I call it gospel music. So, but her name's Ann Wilson. And she sings a song, Let Me Tell You About My Jesus, the Sunday sermons. I mean, here's what I love about her music is she takes two of my favorite things, Jesus and country music and puts them together and they're great. I mean, it just comes together so clearly and I, I, I don't feel like I'm not talented when I'm singing along because my twang kind of matches that. But one of her songs is called This House and it's about the word of God. And this is what the song says. She says, you could lay bricks, you could dig a foundation. You can build up 10,000 feet tall, but if it don't stand on the word of the Lord, this house gonna fall. She goes on, she goes on a little bit. And I was going to sing it to y'all, but I ain't going to do you that way. She goes on and she said, now, Pastor Jeff would, I just want y'all to know that he would. She goes on, she says, you can put a cross right up on the steeple and you can stain glass on every wall. But if it ain't built on the word of the Lord, this house is going to fall. Amen. That's the reason we are starting our year learning through the Holy Bible. And it's, it's my job today to answer the question. It's our title today. What's the... What's the Bible all about? You know, we've learned that we can trust it. Okay, well, Chris, I can trust it. I've learned I need to learn it, love it, and live it. But what's it about anyway? So I want to share with you today three things that I feel like you got to get. I'm actually going to break today's sermon down into two parts. So we're going to have a part one through three and a part one through three. I'm going to say it a little louder for the people in the back. We're splitting it in two parts, one through three and one through three. One through three. Now, the first number one is this. This is the first thing you got to get. Get a translation I like. Get a translation I like. So maybe you ask, you know, what's up with all the translations? Uh, maybe you're here or you're joining online and you're thinking, well, hey, I'm a newer believer. I just kind of started this Jesus thing. I don't really know what translation to get. So the answer is get one that you like. You can check out tons of them. There's, there's so, so many. We live in a time and a nation that has, do you realize how many countries and how many languages do not have a Bible in their native tongue yet? We have dozens. If you can't find a, a, a translation or a version or an edition that you like, then, then I, I don't know. I mean, we live in just such a wonderful time of resources that are free. And, uh, but here's what I want to tell you. There's some misnomers about translating waters down the word. Has anybody ever been heard that? Everybody ever been told that? You know, I remember growing up, um, I had relatives that would say, well, if it ain't the King James, then it's, it's watered down. One of them actually said, you know, if it's good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. And I said, Paul didn't even speak English, man. You know, I mean, let's just call it what it is. See, here's the crazy thing though. The newer translations actually go by the older manuscripts that didn't exist when older translations were made. So they're going back closer in history to the time. Now, here's what I want to say, and I'm going to do my best not to offend anybody, but if I do, um, I'm just sorry, but don't believe the lies. 
There is a lie that the enemy has sown to get Christians to fight against Christians, saying if you read this translation and not this one, you're not reading the word of God. And I'm gonna tell you that's a lie from the pits of hell, amen? Amen. Find one that you like and that you can understand. I was talking to my friend Chen, our worship pastor, and he told me, he said, you know, Vietnamese is just easier. (laughs) Vietnamese is easier. We don't have a hundred words to say one thing. And I said, well, give me an example of that. And so he actually picked up one of these and one of these NIVs that you guys have, which by the way, if you don't have a hardback copy of the Bible, take one of these with you. That's why they're there. But he told me, he said, all right, so you see this? And I said, yeah, it's blue. And he said, yeah, blue. I said, well, how do you say that? And he said, Mo Sang. I was like, all right, cool. I learned something new today. He pointed at something green and he goes, Mo Sang. He pointed something light blue, something teal, something light green, something forest green, hunter green, Kelly green. We got all the greens. And he goes, Mo Sang. He said, isn't that easier? And I said, boy, it'd be hard to paint a bathroom. But here's what I want to tell you. There is absolutely not a such thing as a word for word translation of anything in any language to another language. There is always something that is different always something that is different. I want to share with you three forms of uh, translation. The first one is this formal equivalency, formal equivalency. And uh, so some examples of that would be your King James, which has been around since the 1600s. You got the new King James, which is kind of modernized off of the original poetic language. And then my favorite of the three would be the ESV, which is the English standard version. It still reads very poetic. Now, what these mean by, uh, what these mean by formal equivalency is they are as close to word for word from the original manuscripts as can be. Because something that I know is that over time, words don't change, but grammar does. The things that we say, like I need a dictionary or a Wikipedia to understand half of what my 12 year old says, amen? (laughs) Now just imagine, we're taking something hundreds of years ago and trying to say it today, right? So that's what you get. The second one is this uh, functional equivalency functional equivalency. This, this kind of translation, uh, some examples would be the NLT, which is my favorite of these three, also the good news, and then the one we started our day with today, the NIV, which I, you may notice I put an asterisk on the NIV because I put it in this category barely. See, the NIV is actually a hybrid. It is the only one out there that is both word for word, like formal equivalency, as well as thought for thought like functional equivalency. So I know it feels more like a lecture than a sermon, but I do want to get this across to everybody today. The NIV is a little bit of both where word for word wouldn't sound like modern translation. They went with thought for thought. Does that make sense? About clear as mud? All right, move forward, Chris. I will, I will. Here's what I want to just share with you a little bit. just so you know the work that goes into a translation. For the NIV, it took over 100 scholars from over 40 denominations a decade to put together the NIV. That's how much work went into it. And since the late 80s, it's been the number one selling worldwide version because it is in today's English. Then you get to the paraphrase. And I just love these. I use these in my daily devotions. Uh, I want to recommend it. Uh, Some examples would be the Living Bible. That was actually put together by a man named Kenneth Taylor. And he did it so that he could teach his kids the Bible. 
So if you're a parent, maybe you should grab one of those that might help simplify things even more for your kids. And then also there is the message translation, which is my favorite of the two. And it was put together by a man named Eugene Peterson with the hope and prayer that it would make the Bible come alive to people who speak modern English. And I think it does just that. Uh, another cool thing about paraphrases is as opposed to be written verse by verse by verse, a paraphrase is written more like a novel. And I know y'all know about some novels. I mean, some of y'all might need to change what kind of novels you read and we ain't getting into that today, but <laughs> anyway, anyway, I wanna give you some examples of what one verse looks like in multiple, in, in all three of those. So we're gonna do the King James, the NIV and the message. So. One of the most famous, if you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard this, you've heard this verse. It's the love chapter, it's 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm gonna put on my best Shakespeare voice for y'all. It's 1 Corinthians 13, four says, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up. Now, if you've heard that, you've probably heard the word love instead of charity, but both come from the Greek word agape, which means a godly love, okay? That's the way God loves us. It's unconditional love. And only someone with God's Holy Spirit inside of them can even uh, uh, perform this kind of love. And, you know, but the thing is, like I said earlier, grammar changes, right? And I want to tell you guys, God was not from England. God's not from England. You know, uh, I do have a friend. Uh, uh, I have one friend in the whole world. I, let, me, let me rephrase it. I have one friend that actually speaks the, the king's or the queen's English, if you will. His name's Paul. Uh, I told him I wasn't going to mention him, but I did anyway. And uh, uh, the other day I heard Paul say, y'all. So grammar changes. Grammar changes. Grammar changes. Let's look at the NIV. It's probably a bit more popular version. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. And that's probably what you hear the most at a wedding. But then you got the message translation, which I kind of read in my mind with the Southern accent. And it says, love never gives up. Love never cares more for others than for self. Doesn't want what it doesn't have. Probably don't want what it don't have. Love doesn't strut and doesn't have a swelled up head. I mean, that's the message translation. You can read it in your own thoughts, right? Here's what I wanna tell you, whichever you choose, just choose. Whichever one you choose, just choose. And, and remember, we talked about just keep taking those dips, find you something that you can read and that you like. Number two, if you'll write this down. Number two says, get a study Bible. That's it, that's the whole point, get a study Bible. Listen, I just want to show you a little bit the difference between the two. So this is a regular Bible and this is a study Bible. I broke out the big one for y'all today to show you the difference. Um, you know, that, I hope that doesn't look intimidating. It certainly isn't meant to because what's in a study Bible is everything that's in a regular Bible, but it has commentary. It has, it adds context to what it is that you're reading. And I don't know about y'all, but if you just tell me a story, but don't tell me who's in it or where it happened or why it happened, I don't always, it's not easy for me to follow along. I got a little bit of ADD. So I got a lot of bit of ADD. Okay. Get a study Bible. It's, it's the same. It'll be in your translation and what you like. And I want to share with you a next step that I want to challenge everybody to take today. 
And if you'll pull out your connection card, if I can find mine, if you'll pull out your connection card, it looks like this here. And if you're online or you're using the app, it, well, it's a digital version of this here. And uh, the next step just says, I will choose a translation and commit to beginning a daily devotion. Amen? We can follow along with that? All right. The third thing I want you to write down is this. Get in a small group. The third thing you've got to get. Get a translation you like, get a study Bible, and get in a small group. The catalog is in your program, and it's on our website and in the app. We have done our best to have something for everybody, whether you're a woman that wants to be with women, a guy that wants to be with a bunch of men in study, whether you want to go walking, you want to exercise, you want to go deeper into the Word of God, you want to discover what it's like to live debt-free, amen? Financial peace is in there. Also, if you kind of I uh, kind of have debt under control and you just want to learn how to be content with what you have. There's a group in there for that. There's the freedom group. If you're looking to break free from yesterday's hurts and hangups or addictions, that, that's an awesome group. I'm actually leading that one myself. And we have one for men and for women. But whatever it is, here's what I know is God's word. We want it to dwell among us deeply. We started out by saying that, and one of the ways we do that is by being able to understand it, being able to study it, and being able to talk through it. So that's the three things that I wanted you to get. And here's what's so crazy. We keep taking dips, and before you know it, I haven't even touched this, and we have a cup of tea. It has been transformed just by going through its normal motions, right? Does that make sense? All right. Y'all can see this, right? It's a cup of tea now. It's not just water. Things, it is being dwelt richly. I thought that would get at least two amens, but I'm going to move forward. All right. The second thing that I want to share with you, uh, the second heading in your program is this um, understanding the Bible. So I've told you what you need to get. Now I want to kind of help you. God's word says we need to get understanding. I want to help you start and know where where you can find understanding. So I want to share with you what's the Bible all about, give you a little backstory. So the Bible was written over a period of 1600 years in over a dozen countries, three continents by 40 people in at least three different languages. Okay. It was written by poets, prophets, farmers, kings, soldiers, shepherds, princes, priests, historians, fishermen, tax collectors, scholars, businessmen, and doctors. It was written on ships, in caves, palaces, prisons, and deserts. And the craziest thing about the whole thing is all of these people over all of those years and all of those places, how in the world did they come up with the same story? How did they come up with one long story? And that's number one, if you'll write this down, there is only one author of the Bible. There is only one author of the Bible. Now I know that... I don't want to start any conflicts, but I'll just tell you guys, if it wasn't written in here, then it was written by man. Okay. There's been things added to it over the years and different groups and things like that. And here's what I want to tell you. There's a difference between something that God wrote and something that man wrote and man may can get you in trouble. Amen. Amen. Let's go all the way back to week one of this series. Second Timothy three, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What are our two words for the year? Amen. What are they? Amen. A little louder for the folks online. Amen. All right. Do good. 
we can be thoroughly equipped for every good work, all of the good we do. That's the reason we talk about Growth Track so much at SCC, y'all. Growth Track is where you become a member of the church and you get involved. What is Growth Track? Where you become a member of the church and you get involved. Because everybody always asks, we talk about it all the time, what is it? That's what it is. You get involved. And in there, in there, you actually discover things about yourself that you might not have known and how you can best serve and help build the kingdom of God. You know, we do a lot of things like Serve Saturday, and I'm so excited to be able to celebrate that. I uh, got to pray with some business owners yesterday, and actually, I was with a group of men, and just so happened, we got an opportunity to serve as well as pray, and we got to carry the groceries into one of the restaurants on McDonald's Square, and that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. If, uh, here's what you can do. Sign up on your card for information on Growth Track, and I'll send that to you this week. You can even do it online. If you say, well, Chris, I, I can't do service and Growth Track on Sunday, we got you covered. You can do it online as well. Now, another thing that I've learned is that some people just don't really understand the Bible because of maybe how it's grouped. It's like Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus, it reads like a summer blockbuster movie. You know what I mean? It is, it is amazing. It's all these crazy stories and we start there and we get excited there. And then when we get into the books where they're sacrificing goats, we're like, wait, where'd the cool stories go, bro? Right? I'm the only one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm the only one. Bible in a year, my foot. I know what you have to say. Listen. Some people don't understand the Bible because of the way that it's grouped, because it doesn't read like a novel. It's grouped, uh, it, it's not chronological, not everything happens in order. And here's the, here's the groupings, is you have five books of the law, 12 books of history, five books of poetry, and then you get into a combined 17 books of major and minor prophets. Now, if you're wondering what's the difference, why are those minor and those are major, it's because the books are bigger. It's just a size thing. It has nothing to do with the fact that they're not significant. But then what happens is the Old Testament closes with warnings of, rough times ahead for God's people. And there are 400 years of silence from God. 400 years. You know, we've, we don't know what that's like. We live in a world that's been touched by Jesus Christ. We don't know what a complete absence from God is. Matter of fact, during that 400 years, they were ruled by five different company or five different countries. And some were nicer to them than others. After that, the New Testament picks up and you get four gospels that tell one story of one savior from four different points of view. Like, have you ever heard somebody tell a story and then like later you hear somebody else tells it, but it's from their vantage point. So maybe it's got a little bit different details. That's what happens. You got four gospels that tell one story. And then after that, you have the book of Acts, which tells the historical record of the very first Christian church the very first, where we came from. Then you have 21 epistles. Now an epistle is not the wife of an apostle. Uh, an, epistle, <laughs> an epistle is a letter, okay? That's a fancy word for letter. And then of course you have the revelation which teaches us about the last days and eternity. So maybe you're wondering, you know, what does it all mean? You know, you got all of that. I, I understand that I need it and I need to take those dips into it, but what does it all mean? Well, there's kind of a mirror image from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And I'll share it with you in three, uh, three steps. There's kind of a mirror image. So the Old Testament begins, step one, with God and righteous people in paradise. That's where it starts. 
The next step down though, sin and Satan and death enter into the world and the world is judged. That's Noah, the flood, the ark. And then after that, you get to the third section, which is God's design to save them through the 12 tribes of Israel. The issue there, the hang up there is that all of those laws and the prophets that they had to guide their lives, all of those were external. Don't do this, do this, don't do that. If you do this, then go do this three times and then come back. It was basically a rule book. Then things change and we get the other side of the mirror. How many people know like a mirror can like twist things around and flip things upside down? And that's what God did with the New Testament. So the New Testament begins once Jesus comes into the world, like Rome is leading the Holy Land. They've dominated it at that point, but Jesus is leading the world. And he commissions number 12 again, 12 apostles to lead his church. And that's kind of where we are still at now. But after that part, instead of entering the world, Satan and sin are gonna exit it and the world's gonna be judged again. And then the third and final step will be God and the redeemed, not the righteous, because it's not something you did, but God and the redeemed will live in paradise. That's the mirror image from the Old Testament to the new. And that's what God wants for you. See, we talk about heaven like it's this afterthought. We even call it the afterlife, but that's eternity. This is the pre-life that we're in right now. See, an opportunity for a better life, which is what we exist to give people is through Christ, but that life doesn't stop when we die here. It continues for eternity, amen? amen. It's not the afterlife, it's the life. Amen. That's what it is. Can I go just a little bit deeper with y'all? Is that okay? I can do that? I mean, I was going to anyway, but I appreciate y'all agreeing with me. If we are the object of the Bible, what's the subject? Number two, write this down. The subject of the Bible is Jesus. Maybe you're wondering, well, Chris, is he in the Old Testament? Well, let's hear what he said about it. John 5 and 39, Jesus himself said, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. He said everything from the law and the prophets, which that was their Bible to that time. They didn't have a New Testament. They were living in the New Testament. All they had was the Old Testament. And he said, all of that just points to me. Every word, every syllable points to him. Now, I want to share with you guys something. And uh, it's a little personal. I'm gonna share, can I share with y'all like a, my deep, dark secret? Yeah. I'm willing to bet that some of y'all have the same deep, dark secret. But... Um, I just wanted to share with y'all today. I have participated in every bad decision I've ever made. <laughs> Me. I have participated in every bad decision I've ever made. You know, every late night snack. Not during the fast, thank the Lord. Every exceeded speed limit. I've been there for all of them. Like I, I didn't just see them happen. I made them happen. You know what I mean? But I have been a part of it. And, and I shared my story. Pastor Jeff, I'm so grateful for what he said last week about my book that's out. And I'm, I'm not going to tell you to go buy it or anything like that. I'm not trying to sell it to you. But, but I believe each one of us has a story. And part of my story comes from not understanding the Bible. I was that kid that knew all about the Bible 
But let me rephrase that. I knew all about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. And how many people know you can know a celebrity on, from seeing them on TV. They tell you all their business, but you don't know them. There's a difference between knowing about somebody and knowing somebody. As a matter of fact, uh, one of our students came up to me just before service today and she goes, she's 12. And she goes, hey, I, I'm reading your book. I was like, that's cool. Are you enjoying it? And she goes, yeah, yeah. And she folds her arms and looks up at me because I'm so tall. <laughs> she folds her arms and looks up at me and she goes, now let's talk about the drugs for a minute. I told her, I said, how old are you? She said, 12. I said, well, by the time I was your age, I'd already made a lot of mistakes and I'd actually been put in a police car at that point. And she goes, I'm gonna go get my mama. <laughs> but here's the, here's the reason I share that with you is because each and every one of us have a story of before Jesus touched our lives. We embrace the subject of the Bible and are now trying to walk in it, right? That's what we're trying to do. The next verse I wanna share with you is, is one that has changed many of our lives and it's, it's this, it's probably the most famous quoted scripture in the whole Bible. And it's John 3 and 16 and it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, once we grasp the fact that Jesus is the subject of the Bible, I don't know anybody, like you can read the scriptures, read the New Testament, nobody ever met Jesus and left the same, not one person. See, you said, I, I, I kind of shared with you how the Bible goes from the Old Testament to the new and our lives kind of mirror that when we meet him. You cannot meet Jesus and not change. It's not possible. If you meet Jesus and didn't change, you may not have met Jesus. And I would also say, you know, for those listening, you know, if you've ever felt closer to him, than you are today, it wasn't him that moved. That might be a sermon for another day, but here's what I wanna share with you, is there's a prayer in your program and we've put it on the uh, digital as well, and it's the prayer to become a Christ follower. Maybe that's you today and you need to take that next step and you need to embrace your savior. You need to jump in and fall in love with the subject of the Bible because it's not about me and it's not about you, it's about him. He's what the Bible's all about. If you do that today, if you pray that prayer, I just wanna ask you to check that box. And here's something, like I, I can't help but keep looking at my glass of tea, but, but the longer it sits there, the longer it dwells in it richly, the stronger it gets. Amen. Do you see that? We started off with a clear cup of water and now it is completely transformed. It's gone from the old to the new. It's dwelling in it richly. The last thing I wanna share with you is this. We know who the author of the Bible is, we know who the subject of the Bible is, but there's a theme. And the theme of the Bible is giving. For God so loved the world that he gave. The theme is giving. We give our lives, we give a lot of things. We give our time. Yesterday, seeing all the people out at Serve Saturday is wonderful. Seeing all the people serving today with smiles on their faces, even though it was raining outside. Seeing that parking team, y'all, when it is raining outside and they are still smiling and waving. The theme 
is giving. We give our skills, we give our gifts, we give our, we give our money. You know, we give through SEC, not to SEC, and we see people, when we give, people live. But the theme is to give. I'm gonna get you guys to stand with me as I read this last verse. If you would, just stand with me and then we're gonna go into a time of worship. There's something interesting about the theme being give because 1 John 3.16 says this, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Laid down his life for us. You know, when you read that in your own study time, I want you to say he laid down his life for me. Make that mean something to you because it does. It's powerful. Laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Because the theme is giving. When we go out and, and we pray with people on the streets of McDonough or we go to the food pantry or we give our dollars to see uh, organizations like the bridge go out and do things that we can't because our dollars go where we can't, right? When we see those things happen, we're giving and we're following the theme. Because following the, you can't follow the subject without the theme, amen? We have to be a part of that. There's one author of the Bible, the theme is Jesus, or the, the subject is Jesus and the theme is giving. And that SEC is what the Bible is all about. That's the question that we started out to answer today. I wanna to pray with you and then we're gonna worship. Father, I thank you so much that you have given us your word. But not just that you have given us your word, Lord, but that you have kept your word. Each and every one of us and all of us online, God, each one of us knows what it's like to be promised something and then not given something. We know what it's like to be let down. Lord, we know what it's like to let others down. God, I ask that your word through this series is not just informative, God, but that it's life-changing, that it shows us what your word really is and what it really means to each and every one of our individual lives. God, I pray that every single ear that heard the message today is connected to a heart that is moved because we're gonna build our lives on your word. This is our foundation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.